0: Welcome to the more than more podcast where we discuss building meaningful, impactful businesses, careers, and lives through real estate.
1: Okay. We're back with another more than more conversation. I am sitting with Renee Dunkel. Morning.
0: Good morning, Dylan.
1: Um, Having a good day so far?
0: So far so good.
1: Where are we at today is it's Monday morning and it's 10 AM. I just stepped out of our planning session for the week. Uh, Is this your first meeting for the day?
0: It is my first meeting, yes. Okay, and what's
1: after this? You mentioned a listing opportunity?
0: Yeah, so I had a listing um, appointment a couple weeks ago, and I knew that they were going to take some time, and gosh, it kills you, because you're like, did they pick me, did they pick me? And finally yesterday, I sent the email and said, hey, just checking in. So they emailed me back and said, hey, can we chat again tomorrow? I said, absolutely. So
1: This is uh, another high-end listing in your neighborhood or something like that?
0: It is, roughly around 800.
1: You just really do well with those high price points do i (laughs) (laughs) well you have a lot of them
0: yeah I, I, i enjoy them
1: they come with uh they come with extra complexity sometimes
0: yeah they're tough um there's a different expectation i think especially when your commission's a lot higher and you know there's a lot more i think questions about commission when you're you know making a lot more commission.
1: Yeah. So you said you're anticipating this potentially being a, a commission debate or discussion or something like that.
0: Yeah. They called me last week and asked, like, hey, so if you bring the buyer, is there a different commission? And, you know, what if we already have a buyer? Is there a different com- different commission? And
1: You know when the conversation's starting there. Yeah. But you, you're, you're saying that that happens maybe more with higher priced properties?
0: It does. Yeah. Sometimes it's not even a discussion. And what's interesting is in my listing appointment, I walked away and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I never talked to a commission. I'm like. Maybe it's not that <laughs> big a deal. It is, but yeah.
1: Well, welcome. <clears throat> I uh, I uh, had to twist your arm just a little bit to actually come do this with me. Yes, uh, yes you did. F- uh, for anyone that doesn't know, which is everybody, I actually put a percentage up on your her whiteboard mm-hmm. um, of her likelihood of willing willingness to do a, a podcast with me. And so that slowly but surely crept up over the last month. But
0: yes, I can do this. It'll be fun.
1: Uh, you're here because you had a, well, for lots of reasons, but one of them, um, I think you were like number six agent last year, 55% increase in your GCI. Do you know that number, by the way?
0: I do. I do. But not, I mean, more from what you guys have told me. I knew that my number was up.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's remarkable. Over, it's like half a million dollars of gross commissions. And uh, how, like, how many years are you in now?
0: This is my sixth year
1: and uh just a remarkably high average sale price again so i think you did that 500 and something gci with just 50 sales
0: yeah that was insane
1: (laughs) yeah it's notable um and so i think there's a a lesson or a story or something to learn there which i'm interested to talk about and Mm -hmm. got a couple of other things in my six years with you that i'm interested to dig into as well but so thanks for being willing to do this uh just out of curiosity other than that those metrics how was 21 like did you what were your goals last year and did you hit them?
0: Well, yes, absolutely I hit them. Um, you know, I think I'm not very good at doing the business planning because I I, I don't want to set it too high, but I also don't want to set it too low. <laughs> so I always get kind of when I go to set the goals, I it's more of a little just a little note to myself versus it being, you know, a large piece of document that You
1: don't I, want to overplay it or yeah. because you're afraid of not hitting them? No.
0: I just don't want to put that much pressure on myself because okay. I feel like all of the growth I've had year after year, I know I'm not going to hit that every single year. There's going to be a down year. I know that. So I'm always scared that if I make a lofty goal yep. that I'm not that's going to be the year I don't hit it and then I you know, disappoint myself.
1: I wish I had more psychological training. I've dealt with a lot of people over the years in sales and so, you know, that's one of the approaches. There's several others, but uh, what's actually going on inside your head? as you uh, navigate it that way is kind of fascinating, don't you think? Yeah. What's going on inside your head when you do it that way?
0: You know, um it's interesting in this world of real estate. I I don't not having a, you know, a definitive goal of what I'm gonna do, I just wanna do my job. Yeah. And whatever comes of that is what I um accept. So when I the, the numbers that I hit last year, I didn't do anything different than I haven't done in the previous years. So, I don't know. I'm proud of myself.
1: I'm proud of you too. It's a terrific accomplishment.
0: Um, But along the way, you know, it's just, it's interesting. I don't know. It's so crazy because two years ago when I wanted to hit Centurion so bad <laughs> and I finally hit it and I knew, like I knew the transaction that I hit that made me get to that goal. You were watching it. Yes. And so um, it was my first dual agency are
1: you kidding me in six
0: what yeah because i've only done like a three four hmm. and so that was my very first dual agency and i said to my husband i said oh, this got me into centurion yeah although of course it wasn't done yet so i shouldn't have you know celebrated yet but
1: well um so i mean like looking back do you did you imagine selling this much real estate no when not. you when you started no so you're, it's been, you said six years, you're further ahead than what you imagined you would be six years in. Yes. So, and I want to get to like your little story into real estate, but uh, I think you touched on something interesting there. I actually think you and I might think about goals similarly. I, I'm, it's not that I'm hesitant maybe to set numerical goals. I'm just more interested in maybe the raw material that I need to focus on to get there. It makes me a bad sales manager because I should be pointing people towards those metrics more KPIs or whatever. Mm -hmm. But my orientation has always been just to focus on the work that I need to do to move this thing forward, make it better. Like I'm obsessed with better. And, uh, so I I think we're similar in that regard. You're, I think you said something to that effect. You are really just focusing on the work to be done.
0: Correct. Yeah. It's interesting too. Um, you know, I don't think I realize how many people are watching me. And and I mean that like just the outside, like my sphere and my neighborhood and just my friends. And, you know, um one time I, I my neighborhood threw this like quick little like party and I went there just it was like an ice cream social. <laughs> and I got there and she goes, boy, every time you're here, people just gravitate towards you. And I'm like, well, that's interesting. I don't think myself like that. And so, and she even said to me also that she's like, I love watching all your things that you post and you're just, and I don't realize people are watching me like that. And I think that that's why organically I'm getting more than I anticipated I would.
1: Uh, Explain that. So people are seeing your activity Mm -hmm. and activity produces activity. So you're successful and that's just drawing more business opportunities towards you. Yeah. This is the magic that we talk about year three with everyone that, really happens again you're five and i mean if you put yourself out there and you tell the story of what you're doing and you don't do it obnoxiously meaning it's not all about you it's about your clients correct at some point it's just about uh what's the old adage that we used to do Uh, your success in real estate is directly proportionate to the number of people who when they think of real estate think of you right and that's a big number you're saying
0: it is it is it's a lot it's a lot bigger than i imagined yeah
1: there's always been a weird element of, um, you know, we put our faces on our cards, our faces on our signs, and then now everything on social media, there's a strange, what's what's the word? Um, ce- celebrity sort of status to real estate sales.
0: Which is interesting. You don't like that word, do you? No, I don't. I don't. Um, I don't know why. I, well, I, it wasn't
1: what you signed up for.
0: It isn't. Um, I'm, I am an introvert. I really am. And so to... F- to maybe appear to other people that I'm an extrovert is interesting. Um, I'm quiet, but until you get to know me, then I'll talk your ear off.
1: I'm trying to I'm trying to decide if I know you then. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Why, which what did you think I was?
1: No, I know you're an introvert. Yeah. I, I meant you don't talk my ear off. <clears throat> I suppose when I when I knock on your door and we get going, then it, it comes, right? Sure. Yeah. yeah yeah well so take us backwards then um so a remarkable year super excited um for where you're at i'm interested to hear what you're trying to get done this year but uh let's go backwards i'm specifically interested in your story because you've got some sales experience prior to real estate sales but let's go all the way back where are you from
0: uh the quad cities
1: okay mm-hmm. grew up there how long have you been in the Des Moines area
0: oh gosh my s- 10 years ish okay
1: what brought you here
0: uh so we had two young kids um and i want so we were In Florida, and then North Carolina, and then I wanted to be back with family, having two little ones, because my kids were 15 months apart, so it was tough being apart.
1: So you came back here, and what were you doing at the time?
0: Um, So when we came back to Iowa, I decided I want to be a stay-at-home mom. Um, Love my kids with all my heart, but it's not my gig. (laughs) (laughs) I could not do it. I remember going to drop my kids off at the Y, and I'm thinking, oh, this is my free time. And they had to come get me because my daughter was crying, and I'm like, I can't even get away for an hour. So it was time. Like, I, well, how
1: long did you do that for?
0: Uh, not even six months. Probably it was fast. It was yeah, or short lived. But you know, I, my husband and I lived in Florida, and I started um, in sales then, working for a food service company, okay. selling food. And um, I knew that I wanted to leave Florida, just because you know having young we had our first one and then we moved to north carolina thinking that we'd be halfway you know halfway home and closer and it's not closer you might as well be in florida because it's far and um when i moved to north carolina i got a job with the same company they transferred me i mean in a phone call it was wonderful and um, we were there for a year um and we had our son there and then we decided to finally get back to iowa and that's when i wanted to be a stay-at-home mom i thought and After six months, I contacted the same company here in Iowa and had a job, again, within a day. So, because my my numbers with them were great. Um, So, I mean, I left on really great terms.
1: The, can you dig into the stay-at-home mom thing? Like what, because I'm fascinated by this conversation. I feel like, and I say this a lot, I was having this conversation on Friday. I've learned so much from watching a bunch of, especially these strong Urbandale ladies that we have um, with just amazing drive and vision and business acumen and desire to move forward. And, um, I've just learned, learned a lot watching. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, you, I, let me back up. I couldn't be a stay at home dad. It would, uh, it just wouldn't work for Mm me. Mm -hmm. Um, and increasingly I've seen that to be true of a whole bunch of you as well. And I've, I've learned to appreciate that in a really cool way. So just talk me through that. It's not in your, it's not in your system. It's not how you're wired.
0: It's not how I'm wired. I feel like um, I don't know. I'm I'm driven by probably just being around people. I mean, even with Cis- Cisco, is who I worked for. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved my customers. I loved working with them and um, being around people. Just having conversations, like relationships. I love it. I mean, I may say I'm an introvert, but I still do enjoy being around people. Um, so it was hard because my husband would come home from work, and it was like I needed more people time. I mean, he was. <laughs> I mean, he was. But he also wanted to, you know, get home and relax. Because and he's and, had
1: a long day, and now he wants to chill.
0: Correct, and so yeah. I and so it'd be me, and I, you know, he'd say, "Hey, I got the kids. Go, go to Target. Go do something." And
1: not the same. It thing. just
0: was not the same for me. I couldn't. I mean, I couldn't be away for enough hours to get that same feeling. So. Mm-hmm.
1: No, I, I I respect that. It's interesting because Jen and me, it was that was not her trajectory, and Jen doesn't have that same. Uh, inner inner machine that drive Mm -hmm. and so that was my reference point and you know jen was home with our kids for all that time and so i guess in a way that was my my starting point for perspective on moms and dads and and then i started encountering a whole bunch of you ladies and uh, it actually took me a little bit of work to to go okay hold on like um if i was in their shoes i i sure as heck wouldn't want to be home and so I've learned to really admire and respect, but also um, the challenge of, mm-hmm. of being a mom in the workplace like that. Right. Because I feel like you guys carry a bigger burden in trying to balance and navigate both sides, right?
0: Correct. Yeah. I mean, I still do all of the stuff at home and, and I, I love it. I mean, yeah, it's it, it does. It's a lot of work.
1: I, I've seen that. Mm-hmm. So, well, good for you. you Thank you. You're, you feel like you're uh, winning on both fronts and... I do. It's just hard work. It is, yep. So you, you at some point, because uh, I want to dig into Cisco, not even Cisco, but just mm-hmm. the food sales world, mm-hmm. um, but you make a transition into real estate in 2016-ish, 2000... yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And first year, how'd you do?
0: Uh, good. I think I ended at, oh gosh, 3.1 okay. through 4.1. So, and and
1: do you recall your first year yeah. because, you, so you're down in the... Norwalk area, yeah, um, West Des Moines. Live? I live in Cumming, but the okay, Cumming, yep. And there's a lot of um, movement there. I mean, mm-hmm. frankly, every time I look for houses, it seems like all the nice ones are incoming.
0: Yeah,
1: just yeah. a lot of nicer new construction going on there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, and so right away, did you start um selling higher price points down there?
0: Mm, no, um, it took it took a little while.
1: Your average sale price of the first year was still unconventionally high, wasn't it?
0: I don't I think it would still hit the average okay um, yeah yeah I, I think that um I knew right away though um that I needed a little bit more of a push which is why I went into Zillow so that kind of that happened right away
1: yeah so your first let's just jump into the, the business then so you're one you jumped into Zilla
0: I did I, okay. I jumped into it so I started in October and I sent it for for Zillow in December
1: um how much were you spending back then do you know
0: 500
1: Okay, a month. Mm -hmm. Did you have any uh, supplement uh, lenders or anyone chipping in?
0: Not right away. I did at some point um, because I wanted to increase it. So then I and I had a lender that did help me out at some, like probably six months into it.
1: Back then, did we talk about archetypes when when you came on board?
0: Mm. I don't remember if it was right away, but I think that that's part of something I I'd love to talk about too. Because with Cisco, it was you know um, cold cold. Cold calling, prospector. Now I hated it. I hated it. Okay, I mean, which is interesting because with Cisco, I kind of was that person that if someone lost the, you know, restaurant or lost lost their that customer, I was the one they brought in. Um, because it was more about the relationship and trying to gain that relationship back. So yes, I had to do cold calling, but I was also the one that was. I, I mean, like I didn't trying lose, to salvage yeah clients, and I didn't lose customers very often. It was very rare I lost customers.
1: So hold on though, I want to back up because okay. I actually want to understand, I'm not sure that I understood exactly what you did and okay. a lot of mm-hmm. people don't know the industry, but mm-hmm. so let's come back to the whole prospector converter thing okay. on the Zillow side, but let's, let's jump into Cisco then. Okay. So what did you do?
0: I would sell food to restaurants, schools, um, retirement communities. You've
1: got an existing client list and some prospects.
0: Yes. Yeah, so when you... When you get done with training, you get, like, a small, like, I don't know, $20,000 worth of business a week or something like that. Um I, don't, I guess I don't know the numbers anymore very well. But mm-hmm. they gave you, like, you know, so many customers to start with, and they weren't usually the best of customers.
1: And those are ones just a service and work to try and maybe up the ante with.
0: Correct. So, okay. I mean, you'd have to raise your – I mean, because you, you had pricing at your fingertips. So, you know, if a case of French fries was $25, you could – up that to 27 or 28 to try to gain more commission in your pocket.
1: Interesting. Mm-hmm. How'd that feel? Hated it. Yeah. That's, that's Cause,
0: Cause it's just not me. I mean, like I want to, I, I want to be fair. I want to make some money, but I also don't want to gouge you and charging mm. you $30, but that's what they, you know, that's what you're pushed to do. And it's interesting. Cause I mean, you you're selling and you know, one customer say a hundred line items, and if you just increase by 50 cents every one, I mean, you've got customers that are paying attention to all those pricing.
1: Okay. So you've got an existing client list that you're provided as a, you're at like a 1099 or a W2. W2. You're a W2 mm-hmm. employee. You've got some base, mm-hmm. but mostly commission.
0: Um, base plus commission. Base
1: plus commission. And mm-hmm. on the existing clients, your way to increase margin is to increase prices. Mm-hmm. And or
0: you- lines. Yep. Okay. So more so, you know, if if you go into a restaurant and they've got two purveyors, um, y- you know, you're trying to get some of that business from the other person. Okay. So
1: um, that makes me think of episodes of uh, M- Michael Scott competing with. Do you watch The Office? No. Cheaper. Oh, I know these jokes are just wasted on people <laughs> who don't watch The Office. Okay, well, someone out there can picture an episode yep. <coughs> that I'm talking about. Okay. But then you've got then you've got a prospect list, and you're getting that from. No, the, I the don't company? get a list. No, nope, but I you've just, got a you've got a region then that you're able to mm-hmm. prospect within. Yep. So you're assigned a territory.
0: Yeah, and it's I mean anywhere in the Des Moines Metro. I okay. mean, I could I could have gone down to Norwalk. I could have gone. Not necessarily to aims, but...
1: How do you know that you're not calling on a restaurant or whatever that all... You, you would know who is on your client list already. So you, you wouldn't obviously compete within the walls.
0: Yeah, but we're... I mean, it's different than real estate. I mean, you, you know all of your people. Okay. You know all of the salespeople. You're in sales meetings all the time together. You know typically what you know, restaurants people have or. So was
1: there poaching? Could you try and. No. Sol- okay. So you wouldn't solicit a restaurant that one of your colleagues already had. Correct. But Correct. there might be a restaurant that uh, a different organization company had mm-hmm. and you would go in and try and win that business. Correct. Okay. And so you're just scrounging for this list. Like, how do you find the list?
0: Um, I don't know. I mean, you just, that's, it's cold calling you, you know, if I'm driving and I'm like, Oh, I wonder if they're a Cisco client. I walk in the back door and I talk to them. Wow hated it different world right <laughs>
1: yes okay and so how did you do in that space i mean did you were I you su- i
0: mean it was it was a great i mean i did i did really well um again i think it came as a surprise then too because i just did my job honestly it just came back yeah. to i just did my job and um but it still wasn't very like i don't know i just loved having that list of of customers already. And just trying to grow the business within those clients because I knew them and I knew they trusted me. And so it was easier to grow my business with business that I already had versus walking into the back door of somebody's restaurant. So
1: So you say you thrived, you thrived more on doing a great job servicing Mm -hmm. the the existing clientele and building that than you did. Was there any like referral business then inside that space?
0: Not a ton. No, not really. Um, I mean, I made, so when I So when I was in, um, when I first started back with Iowa at Cisco, Iowa, I made rookie of the year that year. Hmm. Um, And then year after year, I I mean, I just did, I mean, fairly well. And so it's interesting because, I mean, I'd love to tell the story of when I left Cisco because it felt great. Um, Because I left a really, really six-figure salary Mm -hmm. to come into real estate. And it had nothing to do with the money. It was my happiness, so.
1: Yeah, so talk through that part. What what was other than the prospecting end of this thing? What what else maybe was unfulfilling about that? Help me understand the difference.
0: Um, you know what's I, I okay? So I went into that business because I loved being in restaurants. So I I mean,
1: you mean like as a customer? Well,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, that. But um, I at fourteen years old starting started working in an ice cream shop. So okay. it was my world. I I was a waitress through college. So it was easy. And even after college, I worked for a restaurant supply company. So like restaurants were my life. Um, so it was easy. But then again, when I'm selling food to a chef, I don't know anything about that food. So how am I supposed to sell this big piece of meat to a chef? And he's asking me questions. Yes, I can be trained on it, but it's, it's not organic. You know, I don't know enough. So it was uncomfortable to sometimes try to sell something that I don't really have that passion for
1: you weren't passionate about food correct you were passionate about or did you have any passion in that space it sounds like you liked the I indi- liked
0: the I liked the industry you I know? just didn't the food part of it just wasn't it just wasn't I don't know didn't fulfill me it-
1: <clears throat> there's something there I've been thinking about um doing a little series here of returning to the fundamentals mm-hmm. um, and I always think about product price promotion and I think about what I love about this industry is the product isn't, you said a piece of meat. (laughs) 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 The product isn't some thing, some widget, right? Mm -hmm. You're the product. And that seems like such a big game changer for people, especially people who aren't, who don't naturally love the sale itself, Mm -hmm. but they love helping people or they love increasing somebody's opportunity. And so you're actually selling value Mm -hmm. as opposed to a product with a price on it. Right. Um, that feels like part of what is inside of your story.
0: Right. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So
1: the piece of meat wasn't doing it for you.
0: Right. And you know, it's hard because you work so hard to gain that extra line item, you know, to make more money and you get sold out the next week over a quarter on a box of something. And it's just, it's frustrating. So it's it, really frustrating. It was
1: completely commoditized then mm-hmm. is what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. And, and so other than when I think of sales like that, I think of you build relationships and to some extent, you can always be beaten out on price. You hope that you've done a good enough job of taking them to beer or whatever it might be. Right. Was there a lot of that relationship building with?
0: Um, Not a ton. I mean, I think that some restaurants want the company to do certain things for them to feel warm and cozy. Like, you know, there's, you know, pizza places want you to go to the pizza convention in Las Vegas. You know what I mean? Like bigger They want things. perks. Yeah. Yeah. But in that world, it's harder to get those perks.
1: See, that's that's sales that I think most people imagine when they think of sales. Mm -hmm. That was my experience in uh, my father in the pharmaceutical space. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, that's when people think of sales as a four letter word. I think that's part of the context. Yeah. So you, you said it was a good feeling the day you walked out.
0: Oh my gosh. It was an amazing feeling. It was hard because, you know, I, um, I took the class, I was ready to go and I kind of had a vision of when I would stop working there and starting into real estate. And I, um, my boss was kind of a dictator and I was micromanaged pretty bad and in tears often just on the way he would talk to me. And so um, it's just, I don't do well with that. And I remember being ready to cut the cord and I got an email from my boss and he said, I need you in the office tomorrow at 8 a.m. Because we need to discuss your lack of oper- uh, lack of um, cold calling. Mm. And it was more of a, because, you know, you had to do, like, so many a week. And let's say instead of 10, I had seven. And they was, tracked your metrics? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. And so um, I remember getting that email, and I walked outside to my husband, and I said, tomorrow's the day. Yeah. And it felt, I mean, it was scary, but it felt good because, I don't know, I was ready. And so it was interesting walking into that meeting. We sat down and he said, so who wants to talk first? And I said, I, I do. <laughs> and so I told him that I was leaving. And he,
1: it, Was he shocked? Oh,
0: incredibly shocked.
1: Because you're making six figures and uh, mm-hmm. that wasn't in any way, shape or form something that had crossed his mind that somebody would walk away from that.
0: Never in <laughs> a million years.
1: And you were, I mean, just out of curiosity, were there lots of you doing your level of production inside that space?
0: Um, I don't know. Let's say out of 50 or 60 salespeople, there was probably five to 10.
1: Okay, so you were in the top few percentile. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I'm glad you you said no, but obviously by that point had we were we talking we had already talked yeah. Okay so you already knew you were coming here. It was just a, that maybe pushed you over the edge a little quicker.:
0: Yes, a lot faster.
1: Well, I don't don't know names, but tell me later on so I can go thank this guy.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're glad you're here. So, was I am curious about this though. What takeaways were there from that space? You know, w- we got a lot of people from the car sales space and mm-hmm. from various uh, industries where they were taught that more aggressive version of sales. Mm-hmm. And as much as it's terrible, I actually think there's something gained from having experienced that. In coming into real estate. Sure. And I think a lot of agents that have never had any of that experience are at a little bit of a disadvantage. So was there anything you, um, was there anything good or redeeming <laughs> about that? And what <laughs> yeah. do you, what do you carry yeah, forward no. into real estate?
0: <clears throat> absolutely. Um, you know, I, uh, it still comes down to relationships. I mean, that's, it, it's huge. Um, I absolutely loved my clients. I mean, I bought them Christmas gifts at the oh. end of the year every year. I, I mean, I wanted them to know that I appreciated them and their business that they gave me.
1: Was that taught to you, or is that something you just did yourself?
0: I mean, it was it was taught. I mean, it, okay. it, it, I think the you know basic part of sales is gaining that relationship with your with your customer or client. Um, so, I mean, it definitely you know was taught to me early.
1: So, when you stepped into real estate, you had already learned the value of building the relationship. Correct.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, absolutely. I mean, it, it, so that part of it was, you know, easy.
1: How about um, having had to prospect the mm. way you did? Mm-hmm. Was it hard then to embrace what we taught? Because we taught a much more slow, methodical approach to the relationship. Mm-hmm. Was that foreign? Was it hard? Did you believe it?
0: Um, I loved it. I mean, I think that that's the, what I absolutely love about being part of this industry or your company is you're not taught to do something that's not comfortable to you. And so um, I guess, you know, with with Cisco, I felt like that was – I mean, that what that was taught to you, that's all that you could do was cold call. I mean, there was no – I mean, what else do you do to gain business? So in this world, um, to be able to just use my relationships to gain referrals, I mean, that part was new, but it was – it came easier. came way easier. I mean, because like you said – in restaurants, you don't really get referrals for another restaurant unless you already have the customer and they're opening another business or, an, or another restaurant or something like that. But
1: yeah, I wonder if that's because I mean, people who own restaurants don't naturally hang out with other people who own restaurants. Right. Or if it is possible, you just have to really work it because presumably they do know each other. Sure. But there's no incentive. Like I think the incentive inside of real estate sales is people know people and they love sharing good things with each other. Right. But that's more because we all have a social sphere of influence and church groups and whatever. But with restaurant owners, it's so, it's not like these guys are necessarily buddies, right? Correct. So you don't have the same social incentive to refer someone. Correct. You're like a vendor. Right. Right. So, which is why it was more commoditized. It's basically down to the price. Correct. Unless someone's got a notably better piece of meat. Right.
0: <laughs> Which you try to sell. <laughs> yeah.
1: You pretend that you have the best piece of meat. Correct. But and that's the problem is if you don't believe that you actually do, mm-hmm. um, that's the hard sale. And not, not that it's not possible to do, but it doesn't feel right inside. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> no, that this is the stuff that makes me ridiculously grateful for our industry mm-hmm. and, and what our product is. You good there? Yep. Um, okay. So back up to the archetypes thing. Yeah. Um, you, you didn't say this specifically, but what I'm hearing you say is all you were taught was prospector Mm -hmm. and coming here, you, you've obviously got a touch of converter in you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Hence
1: your desire to get the Zillow to fill the funnel. And you've been doing that the whole way through.
0: Yeah. And you know, I think, I mean, back up a little bit, I think that that also comes from Cisco because sometimes with Cisco you would get leads and I could convert those like those, I mean, I thrived that. on those. Okay. Yeah. So I, I think that's why quickly I knew that I wanted something like that. Okay. Cause I also wanted to work right now. I didn't want to wait.
1: Did you try anything other than Zillow?
0: Um, yeah. I mean, I tried to, you know, I, I, you know, taking the Buffini class right away.
1: I meant, sorry, oh. more on the converter side. Like, did you try oh. lead sources or you jump straight into Zillow and it worked for you? Correct. Okay. Yep. Yep. And that's evolved over the years. I mean, the, the way the leads came to you six years ago is not the same as today, right?
0: Yeah, I know. It better or worse? I don't like it. You don't I don't like, like the today. way they come to me now. Um, and it's mainly because um, I enjoyed being able to get a text. And if I'm at a softball game, I can text them back right away versus, oh, crud, now I have to walk away.
1: So Got it. But,
0: you know, it just, it it interrupts my life a little bit more.
1: Is the conversion any better, though? I don't think so. Okay. What I've learned is really good converters, and we've got a few of them in the company, Mm -hmm. agree with you. Mm -hmm. They actually prefer when the work was on you to go do the conversion. Mm -hmm. And then not so great converters Maybe (laughs) that makes it sound like they're (laughs) better or worse, but uh, certain agents actually prefer how it's structured right now because they've taken it slightly further down the channel. Right, right. But you felt like you had it. If you could just get the name of the number, you knew how to, steer it
0: absolutely yeah Yeah.
1: and so what portion of your business has zillow been i mean you probably don't have that number but
0: um i mean i know i know that my return on investment right away was huge um, um and the return on investment obviously is still there but i'm starting to notice the shift yeah which is huge for this year um on what my
1: moving towards repeat and referral correct yeah yeah it's it's well i was gonna say it's organic and it is and it isn't. On the one hand, in time, of course, eventually you've got more repeat. If you did a good job for people. Correct. Which you mm-hmm. said earlier, I just did my job. Mm-hmm. Um, if you just do a good job for people, that naturally builds. Um, but if you're in any way intentional about it, like calls, notes, pop bys staying in touch, client parties, then it, it really starts to build. And there's sort of a hockey stick moment where slowly but surely it starts to take up more and more of your your opportunity. Right. Yeah. So you're sticking with Zillow though moving forward?
0: Um, for now, but it's definitely on my list of possibly removing. Interesting. Saying it out loud. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we are recording. but yeah, I don't yeah. think they're listening. So okay, you'll be fine.
0: <laughs> um, it's just interesting because like, uh, you know, this year already, I have one pending Zillow lead and I have seven now, I think. And out of those seven, only one of them and it's a small one. And all of the buyers that I have right now that are looking, not very many of them are from Zillow.
1: Yeah. Um, Well, I think that's a beautiful story. Um, I think that's part of what we've always taught is uh, regardless of what your archetype is, the goal is to fill the funnel in order to create a remarkable client experience ultimately to get repeat and referral business. Right. And even though there's a great ROI from Zillow or realtor, whatever leads you've got, there's nothing that beats the ROI of a repeat or referral right. Uh, lead. Right. So that's fun. hmm And a lot of this is coming from, um, I mean, is most of your business down in that western, southwestern corner? or for,
0: Yeah, for the most part. Um, sometimes, you know, Pleasant Hill, sometimes Ankeny. It's yeah. not as much, but typically it comes from that side.
1: And just out of curiosity, um, what are you doing intentionally? in terms of your sphere and past clients and talk me through that a little bit.
0: Um, I feel like I can always do better, but I, I mean, I do Popeye's. I try to regularly do Popeye's. Um, I, you know, one year anniversaries try to remind, you know, happy anniversary, stuff like that. I've only had one client party right before COVID. And then, um, so I haven't done one since then. Um, so, I mean, that's on my radar this year is getting a client party, but I'm also, it kind of ties back into the House Hunter thing.
1: We yeah, can... <laughs> yeah. So so
0: instead of having a client party, I'm going to have a watch party. I'm saying that out loud too. So. When,
1: hold on, this hasn't come out yet? No. Okay, so let's back up. Okay. Um, it was how, how long ago you were featured on House Hunters?
0: Uh, yes. So when I, was this? Um, so I recorded in October. Okay. Um. So, and it doesn't come out. I mean, they just, they don't really give you a timeline. They say anywhere from two to six months from now. And it could be eight months from now. And they say they give you about a week's notice of when it's going to air. This
1: is like when you get calls from local TV stations or something. They like, hey, we're doing a feature this evening. We need to interview someone. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Are you (laughs) available? So how was the experience?
0: Um, It was, um, I don't know. I guess it's when I first got the email saying like, hey, would you like to be featured on House Hunters? I, you know, um, I said, Hey, I responded and said, I'd like to be considered. And I even said to, you know, multiple people, careful what I wish for, because I think everyone who knows me knows I don't like to be on camera. So, but I mean, I watched house hunters forever when I was younger. I mean, I just watched it all the time. I don't watch it anymore. Um, but yeah, so,
1: so it felt like a, a a good thing or a privilege to do it. Yeah, Absolutely.
0: Um, but the experience was interesting. I mean, my clients were fun clients and, um, yeah, the clients actually, uh, kind of tied back to my Cisco world. So it's kind of cool.
1: People, you knew. so yeah. are, are you able to talk a little bit about the backstage of how it all went down or is that not supposed to I be don't
0: done? No. Okay. Don't, I don't know. I really don't know. Cause they didn't really tell, I mean, my clients absolutely had lots of things they had to sign for me. It was minimal. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can't say what, who they are and stuff like Cause that. Because
1: technically, right just tell me to shut up anytime. But yeah. technically, they'd already bought the house, correct? And so it's it's filmed retroactively, yes, which is interesting, right? Because mm-hmm. it's a it feels maybe less organic than what you would imagine,
0: right? Yeah. And so it was it, it was what was hard at the time is that you, you know they close on their new home and then re- we record. Interesting. And so, um, they usually like to record. The first house as like the, you know, um, dummy house. Yeah. I don't know what you call it or, you know, the house that they didn't buy. They like to start at one of those because you walk into the house and they've never been there before. So when you're talking about the house, it feels more, feels more real. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we actually started on the one they were purchasing cause they wanted to move in right away. And so, um, it was difficult. It was extremely difficult. And the producer was extremely tough on us. So <laughs> I remember doing... Because the first thing you do is you do a first tour. And, you know, when you walk through a house, you're not talking about everything in the room for five minutes. You are you know, you do a tour <laughs> in 10 minutes. There's so much to say, right? Correct. But they want you to talk about everything in the room for five minutes. And so it doesn't feel That's like a normal showing. And, and you're in the house they've already walked through. So... The first walkthrough, she comes back and, you know, she comes out and she was just like, well, that's not what I was looking for. And we're Uh, like, oh, I mean, it was kind of, but
1: yeah, first
0: first day was tough.
1: I use the word authenticity a lot. It's one of my Mm -hmm. favorite, well, it's, it's one of the most important values I have about people and about myself. And so that, that feels like it would be really hard because it's totally inauthentic.
0: Correct. (laughs) Yes. Yeah
1: um okay so are you excited for it to come out a little nervous or oh
0: i'm extremely nervous because i don't get to see it i mean like it comes out and everybody else gets to see it too at the same time so i mean let it go okay but we have no idea when no we don't and so my client party i was going to do a client party and didn't do a watch party but i was you know i'm just going to do one big party i mean who knows what it's going to look like but because i don't get to plan it ahead of time you know once i (coughs) find out when i mean here's the thing it's going to air on a tuesday wednesday thursday i can't have a party on a wednesday or thursday i mean it's just not so Mm -hmm. i'm gonna have it on the friday after and i'm gonna try not to watch it and
1: yeah (laughs) yeah well good for you i mean that's a fun opportunity and yeah i know a lot of people who have actually been chasing trying to get on house hunters for a while and you beat them to the punch so good for you it was fun um well you'll let me know when that happens or let us know possibly (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna find out one way or the other yeah yes um, okay. Well, that's, uh, uh, that's an interesting little, uh, notch on the belt. Yeah. How about uh, team wise? You've, uh, had a journey there. It sounds like you've got a, a good system right now with your, um, you're really a team of one, but you have a f- admin.
0: Yep, I do. Um, she's fantastic. Uh, I had one a couple years ago, didn't work out. Um, I think everyone has probably that story and it was tough cause you spend a lot of time and, um, You know, I don't know if that person's heart was in it. So that's, I think, the biggest piece of this. Mm -hmm. And who I have now, her heart's in it. And I love watching it. Um, I think, so what's interesting is she did actually reach out to me after I had started real estate and talked about going into real estate. And, um, you know, then it just never happened for her. And then I always, you know, kind of had that in the back of my mind. And then she decided to stay home with her kids Mm -hmm. um, for a couple of years. And so, um, yeah, I reached out to, I know her husband very well. So I reached out to her husband to see if he thought she'd be interested because I didn't want to take that stay at home mom away from her um, if she didn't, you know, if if that's where she wanted to stay. And um, he called her after and she immediately said I would absolutely be interested. And it's just wonderful to watch her.
1: It's good. There's lots there. One, <clears throat> it didn't happen right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to bump your shin a couple times. And I think a lot of our top agents have had to learn that lesson the hard way. Yeah. Love the second thing you said. People are going to like want it, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to have their heart in it. Yep. And uh, that's a lesson that's hard learned. But I think we're learning that as a company right now as well. Um, but you are you got a good structure right now. You did somewhere around 50 sides, 18 million, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And you did that really as a single agent with, is it part-time administrative she's part support? Time. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. She started in August.
1: Any, any future changes there? No desire to build a big team or anything like that?
0: Yep. No desire to build a team. Um, I, I, I hired her not necessarily as my assistant, but I, like as a team member. Okay. Um, I think she wants to be, or I want her to be uh, licensed and she's on her way there. I think we've got her scheduled to get that license. Awesome. And it's not necessarily also to be an agent, but just to be able to help me where I need it. So vacation stuff like that. So yeah.
1: good. Mm-hmm. No, it's fun. It's it's exciting to see more and more of you find good partnerships and uh, and even that there's there's always risk. There's Absolutely. always pe- people's lives change. Yep. Um, but it is it is part of busting through the ceiling of complexity. Right. Right. Um, so how about this year? I, I want to jump into some psychology of sales conversation with you real quick. But okay. uh, this year, goals, what's what's on the agenda for you?
0: You know, um, back to those goals that I don't like <laughs> to write. Um, I'm giving myself a little grace this year. Because last year, what's intre- I had a sale last year that I don't know if I'll ever, ever, ever have another sale like I had last year. So I, I dual agent two listings that were higher end. And I had a fifth transaction within that, that all, I mean, all tied together. Yeah. Um, I mean, and that right there was like $3.3 $3 million. Yeah. So um, I removed that out of my...
1: You're not banking on that every year. No.
0: <clears throat> so um, yeah, I'm giving myself a little grace. That is my, you know, lofty goal is to meet my, what I did last year. Okay. But um, I did decrease that a little bit as my main goal.
1: Well, I've, I've kind of got your number, not production number, but I, I think I've got you figured out in that regard you you yeah like you said earlier you don't want to set something too high because i think it's important to you to try and achieve your goals Mm -hmm. and then we got some people that just like to set i'm going to go to the moon and then do cartwheels on it yeah um and so yeah you got to know yourself i think is a big part of this it's the whole thing's about kind of hacking your own system to figure out how to motivate yourself forward right how about um anything less production oriented anything big you're working on this year
0: um, I think it's still streamlining my business. I I think that I've been, um, because I've mostly been doing it myself, I have a lot of things in my mind that I want to do, but I'm not very good at execute, executing those. Okay. So, I mean, again, that's why I needed that assistance so bad because I need to take those things that I have in my mind and actually execute them better. Um, and that's more just like, you know, the client experience. Cause yep. when you're by yourself, I mean, it, things, things, don't go always the way you want them to go because you're too busy doing other things. And so, um, yeah, I mean, my, my, what's the word system or it's still, still work in progress. Whose isn't <laughs> right.
1: I no, know. I mean, I think that's back to grace. Uh, I think it doesn't matter how many people you've got in your team or how much support or all of you are in this perpetual state of trying to make it better and better. It's, mm-hmm a blessing and a curse right it's Correct. it's what makes you guys good at what you do but you're always carrying this burden around like i'm not where i need to be mm-hmm. which is why we gave you the gap and the gain did you read that by the way not no, yet
0: i'm no i have not i'm more of a podcast person i mean i do listen i have to listen to books um i don't think i have the um patience to read a book
1: i think more of us are there than than not at this point <clears throat> i mean all the reading i do these days is audio
0: yeah so, um, I, I think that every book that you guys give us, I, I do audible. So, um, <laughs>
1: we well, get the audible on that one. I think it's worth reading. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, we keep getting a lot of good feedback on that. Yeah. Well, no, I'm excited that you're in, uh, the position you're in, uh, in terms of your team. And, uh, I know that's been a journey and excited that that's working well for you. So, so talk to me a little bit about this, um, uh, were you in the recent class that we had on uh, psychology of sales where we talked about buoyancy?
0: I don't know if I, w- no, I okay. was not. Mm-mm. Nope. I had it on my list to be at. I don't know why there's something that came up.
1: When I think of your story, mm-hmm. I, I think you've had a lot of big complex sales. <clears throat> and one of the things I noticed early on about you is the, how seriously you took any kind of failure throughout, not even like failure on your part, but like not all transactions work out, right? Correct. And so I know you've had some messy sales with uh, divorce and stuff like that. You've had some bigger sales that got complex at the end. And what I've watched you do is take a lot of weight on you mm-hmm. as those things aren't working out. So is that enough of a tee up? I'm kind of curious. I, what is that? <laughs>
0: um, you know, in every transaction, I want, I want everyone to be a raving fan. And I don't necessarily think about it like that, but what can I do to make, make them feel a hundred percent that if I wasn't there, that they couldn't have done it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I just, I want them to be happy. I want them to, yeah, I just want them happy. And that's, I think that's in general who I am.
1: Are you a people pleaser or? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. In, in other areas of your life.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that I think of myself as a positive person. Okay. And so, you know, um, lots of people in my life, I want I wish I could take some of my little little happiness and put it on them because I just I don't know. I don't want to say I'm like a hippie or you know what I mean? Like I'm just always happy. I'm just
1: That's natural for you or you have to work at that?
0: No, it's just natural.
1: Is I mean, did you grow up in a household where that was something that like, do you where do you what do you attribute that to?
0: Um I don't know. My 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 parents weren't were very much uh they didn't yell. They didn't I mean I could probably tell you how many times my dad yelled at me, um, but I also, I don't know, pretty, I don't know, positive household I had to have been. Yeah. I mean, my dad was a cop, though, so it was interesting that he was, you know, light on me, I guess.
1: Maybe being a cop back then was easier than yeah, it is today. Yeah, right, yes. <laughs> Let's not go there. Yes. <clears throat> so um, you're naturally positive. You're mm-hmm. a people pleaser. It's mm-hmm. fun. I love what you said. You actually want to take a little bit of your happiness or perspective and inject it into other people sometimes? Yes, I do. So it's in that context that when something goes south in a sail, mm-hmm. you you carry that heavier? or I
0: do. I mean, I think that my very first um, tears in this job um, were one of those – listing is my very, very first higher end listing. And um I think at the beginning I knew that it wasn't going to go well. Mm. But I was new and I just want to make it work. And um it went south really fast. And it I I don't I shouldn't have put it so much on me, but I did because what can I do to make it better? And I remember having that conversation with you. Um, I was in tears. Oh my gosh! I don't even know how much time I cried so much that day, and it was just because the client was—I don't know—they were out of line. They were. They were absolutely out of line. But I think in this business, you have to. Like you, you did say to me. I say this, you know. You told me that. Uh, can I tell you what you did wrong without making you upset?
1: Oh wow, that's dangerous.
0: It was dangerous. I must
1: have been brave that day.
0: Yeah. Um, and it was okay because it was about how I made that client feel and what I may not have said, even though it might've been in my mind. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that's, what's hard is like, I wish I could make everyone know who I am to the core because I'm, I just want to make everyone happy. And I think that sometimes is tough on me because when I'm on one side of the transaction, I want everyone happy. Mm -hmm. I want the buy side happy and the sell side happy even if I'm on the one. Why can't we
1: all just be friends? Yes.
0: Yes. I want that to be. So in this situation, the seller felt that I was on the buyer's side. Like they felt like I was doing something, you know, malicious, which I wasn't. It was hard. It was really hard. Um, And you did tell me, you said, I think that you just made her feel a certain way. And so I called her and I said, I apologized. And I said, you know, this is how I should have handled it. And I apologize. And, You know, what's interesting is the husband um, was very much like, no, 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 this was all on us. And she was very much like, nope, you were right. You did something wrong. So it was really... That was hard? It was hard, but I got through it. I did get through it. And I, I know that those are things in this world of real estate that make me stronger, make me a better real estate agent today.
1: So... Would you say that you're you've gotten thicker skin on this over six years, or mm. is it still the same?
0: Maybe a little bit thicker, but um, it's still the same. I mean, I still take things very personally, mm-hmm. um, but that's okay. I mean, I can handle it. <laughs> <laughs> even if, even if a few tears tears are shed, it's okay.
1: Well, you're not alone on it. Uh, what, what I think what I've noticed on this is. Uh, The trend starts with people who actually care. Like if you truly are just in it for, you know, first is people who are obsessed with the outcome of the sale because they have already spent the money in their head. So one of the first things I've always had to work to do when we have a troublesome sale is get the agent to to lose the money immediately. You you just need to stop. Whatever check you thought you were going to earn, get rid of it. Because that allows you to focus on the people and the outcome, uh, regardless of whether or not you're going to get paid. Right. But that's not really you. You're more people who really care about the people in the transaction and, and pleasing them, and you want everyone to be happy. Um, yeah, it's a different thing going on in your head. <clears throat> and what I've seen is it's, it's a blessing and a curse. People who really care about the clients and the outcome mm-hmm. have a tendency to carry this weight more heavily than others. Um, and that's, that's, it's not helpful. Correct. And so learning to separate yourself from that is a challenge. And you don't want to separate yourself so far that you stop caring because you're, ne- you're never going to do that.
0: Correct. Never. Nope. Nope.
1: So the skin gets a little thicker. What else helps with that in time? I mean, does it get any easier? Um, does your perspective grow on this?
0: I don't know. I, I, I think that I'm still in a place where I probably allow things to bother me. And I hope that I get to a better place where I can either say, okay, you know what, this is a transaction that's not going to work for me and let it go. Mm -hmm. I think that's because I'm still, I still feel like, no, I can do this. I can do this. (laughs) And, and so, I don't know. Which, which you could if
1: it was just you, but the problem is there's There's, multiple other people involved.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, my last divorce one, that was really tough. Um, I kept trying everything I could think of to make it better and it just kept going the wrong way. And I did. I mean, I was let go from that that transaction, or I let go from that listing, mm-hmm. and then somehow I got brought back brought back into it. And when I say somehow, I mean I'm the one who made it happen. I mean, I'm the one who kind of pushed myself back you into knocked that.
1: back on the door. And
0: yeah, it was it was an off market <clears throat> sale, so I kept getting agents reaching out to me saying, "Hey, what about you know?" Yeah. And so I I made another sale happen, even though I was the door was shut on me a couple of times, but I kept pushing mm-hmm. through, and it turned nasty at the end again. But you know. So, no, I haven't learned yet, but.
1: Well, I, we've all got our things and <clears throat> mine aren't yours. I have mm-hmm. different things. I'm not a people pleaser, but it's the same feeling of uh, I'm getting better at this stuff, but it's, an, it's really a never ending battle because yeah. I really do believe that all of this comes down to we all have these amazing gifts and capabilities that tend to be both our, our superpower and our kryptonite. Mm-hmm. You caring is what's made you good you're just obsessed with doing your job better Mm -hmm. because you you really want everyone to win. Correct. Um, And that creates a set of problems. Correct.
0: I think it's harder too when I'm working with other agents who are completely opposite of me. Yeah. Um, I had one recently where the agent called me and she was just a spitfire at me. And I don't do well with that. And I think that, I mean, I don't get very angry. But when people talk to me a certain way, I I've,
1: do. I've seen you get worked up. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you don't yell, but No.
0: Um so but I I I am doing a lot better with just let just taking the high road. Let it go. I mean, Yeah. I can't let those agents um bother me, but it does make it harder in the transaction because they're not a people pleaser. So, you know, they just want to bully and
1: Well, I want to take this moment to um uh, use use my soapbox on this because uh, the reason I asked about the class on buoyancy is there was there was three things that were taught about buoyancy is is the new ABCs of sales. So rather than always be closing, it's attunement, which is about really putting yourself in the other person's perspective. Buoyancy, which is about keeping your head in the game, mm-hmm. um, uh, staying afloat basically, and then C was clarity, which is about communication. So this is Daniel Pink, the new ABCs of sales. Is I stole it from stole stole it from him. But buoyancy, one of the things he taught that I think was just brilliant. Um, uh, we have a personal bias, a pervasive bias, and a permanent bias. So we think that when something goes south, it's personal. It's about us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we think that it's permanent. Like we think, oh, it's, it's always going to be like this now. My life sucks. Um, and that it's pervasive. Like this is happening in more, like everywhere. All the things are falling apart. Mm-hmm. And just acknowledging that we have those biases in our head. Helps us slowly but surely, you know, hopefully at least, in that situation, go, okay, hold on, this probably isn't about me. And and you mentioned that couple earlier, even if they're maybe saying it's about you, acknowledging in your own head that well, th- that's why I like the conversation we had, because first figure out what you could have done better. And that's mm-hmm. one of the biggest challenges we all face. Like all progress Absolutely. starts with honesty. Yep. And then going, other than that thing that I know I could have done better, now I'm gonna work to improve that. But other than that, this isn't about me. People have their own stories and their own hangups, and
0: yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I I go back to that to that day, and
1: that one really sticks out for you, huh?
0: Oh, it does, it does big time. Because I I mean, man, I called a lot of agents and I cried. I mean, it was just, it was, it was really, (laughs) really, really hard because that person just didn't understand me. Like, I think that that's the hard part is, man, they just don't understand me then because my goal was to sell their home. And I did, I mean, that was the thing that I did sell their house, but, but um, you know, something did trigger her and Mm. I didn't realize that trigger was such a big trigger for her. And um, my conversation with you, I mean, I I commend you that day for being honest with me because I needed it. I needed to figure out what it was that I needed to do to move forward um, now I still did lose the listing at some point and she was very nasty to me at the nasty to me at the end. Mm. Um, but it's okay because I still I held my I still hold my head very high with because I know you that did your
1: part right? I did my you apologized part. and you try to own what you dropped the ball on and yeah and then then you can release it because yeah. the rest is on everybody else.
0: And they sold it for about twenty thousand dollars less than that. So it felt good. I mean, it just in general like it, it I did what I was supposed to do.
1: It is a challenge. Caring is, caring is, is hard work. Because if, you, if you're just putting sales together, then when you lose, you move on. And that's part of the prospecting thing. I mean, it's just a numbers game, right? You knock right. on 50 doors, you're gonna get 49 no's, it's just about the one yes, and <clears throat> then you keep moving. But yeah. um, so is there anything that you've learned to do or are working on to keep your head in the game then as a people pleaser mm-hmm. that doesn't like to disappoint people, yeah. um, how, do you, how do you keep yourself steady and stable? That's but, something you're still figuring out?
0: Maybe. I mean, all these relationships that I have on past sales, I just want to grow those. And mm. by growing those, I get more business. I mean, it seems pretty simple, but.
1: Well, part of that is that you can't win them all. Correct. But the ones that you have won, you're saying stay close with them, keep providing value, and it takes care of its, I'm putting words yeah, in Yeah, no, mouth,
0: absolutely. But. I think that, yeah, I mean, if, if I continue to do the, the things that I was taught by you and Joe. I mean, it's just, you know, creating those relationships to have them be my advocate. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know, it's hard to describe maybe, but it's, I love this side of the business or the Mm -hmm. side of sales versus what I was in because it just didn't feel good. And and I know there's a lot of people out there that love to make phone calls to, you know, first sale by owners and expireds. Like thinking of that just makes, it's like nails on a chalkboard. I don't want it.
1: Well, what what I love about this is that <clears throat> you can still do that in this industry, mm-hmm. and and still have that not be your principal orientation. So for you, it's Zillow; for them, it's FISBA. Sure. Either way, the goal isn't to perpetuate that at at Infinite. The the goal is to get people correct, and then to truly care mm-hmm. to guide them through a journey. And you, you've said the word "feel" like ten times today. Mm-hmm and so it's about then how they feel through this and the downside is you can't fully control that you can just do your best mm-hmm. to create a uh, a journey that they feel cared for regardless of the outcome right yeah um, and the, and then the ultimate goal you just use the word advocate uh, mm-hmm. this idea it's so ridiculously simple right but it takes time yep. and Yeah, I I just think the beauty with agent archetypes, as uh, simple as the idea is, is it starts with we're all different. Mm -hmm. There's different ways to fill the funnel. But at the end of the day, we're all trying to point towards something bigger than that. Regardless of where the leads come from, it's about the people and their feelings and their experience.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't start Zillow just because I wanted a transaction. I started Zillow because I wanted to meet more people. So Exactly. Um. You know I think some people don't realize that I mean my relationships that I've gained with a lot some Zillow, I mean a lot of my Zillow clients, yeah. they're, I mean they're friends, they're not just people from Zillow. It's awesome. Yeah. And I didn't grow up here, so I think that's what made me even feel like I wanted to meet more people is I need to get in front of more people who want to buy real estate.
1: Well, it's, it's, yeah, I think it's working. You've done a good job there. And so I'm interested to see three years from now as, as things keep evolving as your database and your your advocates keep Mm -hmm. growing at, uh, at some point, is there a decoupling on that? Um, Tom will tell. Right. Um, Okay, anything else uh, that you're focused on this year? I'm just kind of curious. Like, where's your head at even on the market right now? Like, how are you feeling coming into this year? It's pretty crazy out there, right?
0: It is crazy. Um, it, it sucks to have a list of buyers where you don't have, you know, property to sell them. You
1: do have that right now, a bunch of people? I do,
0: and in, in good price points. I mean, mm. I have, you know, one buyer that would buy a $2 million property if I could find the right one. Um, but it's just a lot of you know, networking with agents, not just within our walls, but outside of the walls. And I, you know. What
1: does that mean? Are you picking up the phone? Or are you just e- texting people? Like?
0: Yeah. Um, so, you know, I have clients looking in the South of Grand, and Waterbury area, and I don't sell a lot there, but I know, you know the agents. Yeah. So I just reach out to those agents and just say, who do you have or what do you have coming? And mm-hmm. I'd say 50% of them are willing to share. So, um, you know, a lot more.
1: Hold on. Fifty percent of them then aren't. Uh, yeah. Really, you're yeah. getting you're getting agents say, "Well, I've got something, but mm. um,
0: there's a certain brokerage that is very
1: and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no names. No,
0: nope. uh, that 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 make it very clear that the agent shouldn't be sharing information. So I don't even get a response back from them. Interesting for that reason.
1: That's a mindset thing. I mean, that's just yeah. crazy because there's so much to go around, and and pairing people up like that is such a service to the mm-hmm. customer right now.
0: Right. Yeah. So I'm doing that, and I'm doing you know mailers and um, stuff like that to to circuit. get in the path and open doors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's tough, but I I don't I I guess I don't try to focus on it too much. I just you know try to find what they're looking for.
1: Yeah. So just do your job.
0: Just do my job. Mm-hmm.
1: I, I think that's. Uh, I think that that one stuck with me. I'm, I'm that's my title here. <laughs> <clears throat> um, okay, well let's uh, let's wrap this up, man. We've been chatting for an hour already. That uh, huh? went really quickly. Few few rapid fires for oh, you. No, no, these are these <laughs> are important. I okay. I like these. Um, okay. Well, I actually gain insight from these. But uh, so you're six years in. At, at what would you what would you tell uh, one year one year into the business, Renee? Advice that you would offer yourself looking back.
0: Oh, man, it would have to do with that. Don't think, take things so personally. Okay. Man, um, get past it faster, which I can do now. Um, you know how many sleepless nights I had waking up thinking of that thing that bothered me, mm-hmm. um, which I still do sometimes, but um, I can get past it a lot faster.
1: I think you're always going to carry that with you mm-hmm. uh, because it's your kryptonite. Yeah. It's also the thing that makes you remarkably good with your clients. So don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, but I love what you said. Get over it quicker. Mm-hmm yeah yeah okay good um do you think you would take that advice if you heard yourself say it
0: (laughs) (laughs) no you have to go through it i think you it's just time time what's
1: funny is that six years from now there's another renee your future self Mm -hmm. and she might offer that same advice to you today, right yeah
0: possibly very possible
1: um okay what are you excited about right now what's next
0: Hmm. i'm excited about my team I'm, i'm really excited to see how uh how we grow i really am um I think that Ashley is going to bring a ton more to my business that we don't even know yet.
1: Yeah. So Finding the right people and getting them in the right seats. It's, it's amazing how yeah. the the multiplier that that is. Yeah. Um, is anything keeping you up at night? What's, uh, what's not good right now? Or what do you, what are you concerned about in the future?
0: Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't, you know, what's hard is I don't focus on that. It's, I, I do it. not focus on what, the negative could be five years from now, a year from now. I focus on today.
1: That's good. Yeah, it's a great answer. Thanks. Um, that's that's a superpower right there.
0: Hmm.
1: So you're more worried about the past. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. What's one thing? If there's one thing you know you need to improve this year, one thing that would uh, be the biggest multiplier. What would that be?
0: Hmm. Boy. I need to focus more on my system. I do. I mean, it started. That's what's interesting is it started. It's just a matter of making it better and doing it more often. I mean, I'm I'm really great at the beginning of a transaction, and then it just I get so busy that I forget to do certain things. I need to streamline my system.
1: And what do you need to do to make that happen? Is this about scheduling time to work on, not in?
0: Yeah, probably. Yeah, because I let the day in day the day in and day out stuff um, occupy
1: my time. Okay, what's your plan to do that? <laughs>
0: Um, I think that getting me and Ashley to sit down more often, where it's just like it's just us time, instead of like, hey, what are you doing? What am I doing? I'm working on that. Like, it's we need to really work together.
1: And you're giving her permission to get that scheduled with you here. On
0: yes, Ashley can schedule it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, well there you have it. Yeah, we're making progress again. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Well, I'll uh, uh, I'll let you I'll let you wrap up real quick. With any, do you have any anything else you want to like? Any words of encouragement to everyone. Any, uh, I'm thinking about your your positive outlook on everything. Well, I'm gonna give a pep talk here.
0: My pep talk. You know, um, I really do. I feel like at the end of the day, I say this all the time. Um, in our world of real estate, and in our world of sales, I really hate the sales industry where people steal people. Hmm. It sucks, and it's the same way it was when I was at Cisco, and. Um, I, I, really commend you and Joe for the business that you, that you have and the things that you teach new agents. And I feel like I, I owe you guys a lot for the success that I have today. Um, I don't think I'd be where I am today without you guys. So, um, it's not about the money. I think that, you know, at the beginning as it, with, for agents, when they go and talk to other companies, they, they care about the money. And it's not about the money. It's really not about the money. It's about what you're going to learn and gain from the brokerage that you choose.
1: What's amazing is that the money follows. When you care Correct. and you just do your job and you put mm-hmm. the people before the transaction, um, people are glad and willing to pay you for the value that you provide. Um, that's what's so beautiful about this whole thing is it starts with this just uh, abundance mindset about Humanity and people and services and all opportunity lies on the other side of value. And so these core values that we have and espouse, they're not just, I'm looking at these posters, they're not just stickers on the wall. Mm-hmm. We really believe this stuff. So we wouldn't be where we are without you. So it's okay. funny, a team like this is just a bunch of, uh, we've, we've gathered a critical mass of a certain kind of people and we're all different and yet we're all the same. Um, so I appreciate your contribution to that. And man, what a killer, killer year. 55%, I don't think you can do that every year.
0: I don't think I can either. Um,
1: and you don't need to. Mm-hmm. You, you just need to keep doing your job and creating value for your clients. And you're going to keep winning. So yeah. super proud of where you're at. Thank fun you. fun to see your progress. And uh, thanks for taking this time. I think people have got a lot to learn from you guys that are killing it the way you are. Yep. And I'm I love an open, your story.
0: I'm an open book. So I think that's... Um, One thing I, I don't know if people know about me. I'm an open book. Anytime someone wants to talk to me, I'll share anything you want to know.
1: Which is what makes this team so amazing is how much we've all shared. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah. So two things then. Someone's going to be scheduling some one-on-one time with you to work on the systems. Mm -hmm. And your phone's about to ring off the hook with people looking for advice.
0: Yes, right. Uh
1: (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Well, hey, listen, uh, seriously, thanks a lot. I, I know this took a lot of time out of your day, but very helpful stuff. Appreciate
0: it. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. For more episodes, resources, and show notes, head to morethanmorepodcast.com.